Welcome to Today on Broadway for Wednesday, June 29, 2022. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm Tell Me on a Sunday podcast, Grace Hockey. Grace, sometimes we jump on the show here and we say, we haven't recorded together in a week or two weeks. This is our third day in a row, um, which feels like a gift from the heavens. I know. I, you know what? I love this. I think the people love this. Um, I'm enjoying it. It's been a fun, Matt-tastic week. <laughs> Never say that again. Um, I will be <laughs> off tomorrow. Ashley will be back um, uh, with you tomorrow, which yeah. is also fun. But but we do we both do that more regularly uh, mm-hmm. with Ashley. And you and I seem to always kind of end up on different schedules. But it was good to have these three days with you. And uh, hopefully we'll, we'll be able to stay a little bit more regular on the schedule over the next few weeks before I get to see you in person at the end of July. Yeah. Uh, if I mean, look, if, if you all want more Matt and Grace content, you can head over to patreon.com slash Broadway Radio, become a Patreon subscriber, and like send in a note with your subscription and say, look, I am donating $1,000 <laughs> monthly to, for Matt and Grace to do a show together once a week, like a separate show once a week. Yeah. We'll do it for 1000 bucks a month. I think we could probably make that happen. But I hate to say this on, on recording, but I'll do anything for $1,000. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, a different maybe, show. Maybe, uh, yeah, different show, different... Sorry, James. Um, <laughs> different platform that pays you money. But anyway, um, let's get into the news today. And it is led off by a pretty big casting announcement, especially for an off-Broadway show, as the star of the final show in John Doyle's tenure as the artistic director of Classic Stage Company was announced. We already knew that the final show of this season will be a man of no importance, and it will star the now iconic stage and screen star Jim Parsons. Uh, If you aren't familiar with the musical, it features a book by Terrence McNally and music and lyrics by uh, Stephen Flaherty and Lynn Ahrens, respectively. The show will begin performances on Tuesday, October 11th, opening night uh, on the night before Halloween on October 30th, and it is scheduled to run through Sunday, December fourth probably going to get some extensions from yeah, that for sure. uh i would imagine so kind of like that's a similar schedule to what assassins had and that mm. ended up going all the way into the new year um of course parsons is known primarily for his work on the big bang theory on cbs but of course has done a number of shows on broadway uh, including the boys in the band which he also did the netflix adaptation for um he was also in an act of god on broadway as well um are you familiar with this show uh, very much, Grace? No, I actually am not. I was really excited to learn more about it today. Yeah, so this is a show that originally premiered off-Broadway in 2002. So this is the 20-year anniversary of the show. It was done at Lincoln Center. And in the role that Parsons will be playing, Alfie Byrne, um, the great late Roger Reese originally played that role. Also in that oh. cast was Faith Prince, Stephen Pasquale, uh, Sally Murphy, Jessica Malaski, uh, Michael McCormick, uh, Charles Keating, uh, and more. Michelle Federer was in that, that show mm. as well. So lots of great stars. If you're unfamiliar with it, so in the show, um, it's set in like 1960s Dublin, Ireland, and uh, Parsons plays Alfie, who is a bus driver for an amateur local theater group that is determined to put on a production of Oscar Wilde's Salome, um, which is quite the scandalous work for 1960s Dublin, I am sure. Um, the press notes say Alfie confronts the forces of bigotry and shame over a love, quote, that dare not speak its name. This evocative and award-winning musical illustrates the redemptive power of theater, love, and friendship, all for a man of seemingly no importance. Uh, tickets 
you can technically get them now if you become a member to Classic Stage Company, which somebody who is currently talking might have done today. Um, oh. It's really... Well, it's the last show in the season, so you can get the like a subscription mm. for one ticket very quickly uh, and very cheaply. So I did that um, because it also overlaps uh, schedule-wise with the show that I mentioned yesterday that is happening off-Broadway and will have oh, big stars yeah. in it. So the timing works out really well, especially if they do an extension here that makes it even easier. Um, but... That's my note to y'all. You can get a fairly cheap subscription. I have not like explored. I literally did that five minutes before we <laughs> jumped on here. So if I'm telling tales out of school and like it's a, it's a cheap subscription, and then you have to pay $500 for a ticket, uh, mea culpa. But uh, I jumped in on the subscription uh, early on to, to make sure that I could get a ticket because otherwise I think that'll be a pretty tough one to come by. Nice. Um, all right. Let's talk. You didn't know a ton about Man of No Importance, but. You do know something about Frozen, and we got some Frozen news yesterday yeah. as Ryan McCartan will return to the role of Prince Hans of the Southern Isles. Uh, he previously stepped in temporarily for a couple weeks on tour earlier this year when Austin Colby was out doing something that we cannot discuss publicly. We can't. Um, but but, <laughs> but it's Ryan Carton. It's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, this is not a bad thing. Um, you will hear about it, and we will talk about it sooner than, mm -hmm. sooner rather than later, I am sure, because Austin Colby will depart the production on July 10th, leaving his wife behind. <laughs> How <laughs> dare you? He is saying, I have other things to do, Caroline. You fend for yourself with this new guy. Um, but Ryan McCartan, who is the final Hans on Broadway, will step into the role uh, from July 12th through September 4th. Um, I don't know a ton about Ryan McCartan, like personally, but like mm -hmm. I find him to be a really compelling performer. And uh, uh, when I was on TikTok, which I'm not on very much anymore, like yeah. I really liked his TikTok persona as well. So uh, he has, if you I, like I, watching people play video games, he has an incredible Twitch channel with his girlfriend. Um, they're they're fantastic <laughs> Twitchers. Uh, but yeah, his Hans is really fun. And again, like he didn't get to do the show very long when he was no. on Broadway. Um, they got about like what three performances or something. So um, him getting Wasn't to much. join the cast that has been um, a part of the tour has been really, really fun for him, I know, uh, from from what I've heard. Uh, but Austin Colby leaving behind Caroline uh, in the mm. show is, is really funny because, of course, they, they, well, they share their dog Kodak. And I don't know where Kodak's going. I think Kodak is staying to be like a support animal for Caroline, but she's <laughs> she's going to be just fine on her own. Yeah, uh, but Austin has a, a very exciting announcement coming up that we can't wait to share with you. Yeah, very fun. Um, uh, all right, let's stick with some show and casting uh, announcements. Yesterday, the York Theatre Company announced the return engagement for the off-Broadway musical Cheek to Cheek, Irving Berlin in Hollywood. The show previously played off-Broadway last fall. It is uh, conceived, directed, and choreographed by four-time Tony Award nominee Randy Skinner. The cast will be announced shortly for the return, which will begin performances on September 13th for a limited engagement running through October 16th at... Uh, the York's temporary home, the theater at St. Jean's uh, on 76th Street. And then finally in this section, a curious announcement, Grace, because it was just last week when we announced that the off-Broadway musical Romeo and Bernadette, a musical tale of Verona and Brooklyn, had announced that they were going to be extending by a full month off-Broadway. Uh, and then uh, all of a sudden, on Monday night, we got a press release that mm -hmm. said... 
haha, just kidding, uh, we're canceling um, the rest of the run an entire month. The the press release does say, I will say, the press release did say that it is uh, the unexpected closing of the show is due to a COVID outbreak within the company. So instead of running through July 30th, which honestly, or July 31st, because it was actually on my schedule to potentially be a show to add. It actually ended up closing on June 26th without them knowing it. I think this is one of those situations where it's had a couple of COVID postponements previously, and then having to lose people or even shut down for a week made the extension not financially viable. Um, So they just kind of cut it short uh, rather than, you know, have it to lose a, a chunk of performances. So that I, I feel for this cast and this company because they thought they were going to have another month together and they had to have, you know, a, a really unceremonious closing uh, over the weekend. Yeah, it's been, you know, really hard to watch this happen over the course of many shows. I mean, like you just said, Assassins, you remember they they, they mm-hmm. had no idea yeah. that that would be the closing of their show as a group. And when they got to get together to do the cast recording, they hadn't seen each other in a long time. And I, I hope that uh, Romeo and Bernadette's cast gets to do something like that. Uh, but yeah, this was uh, really unfortunate. But we... Um, I hope that we get to see them again. I know they had talked about doing a a Broadway launch or something. You know, there was an announcement about that, too. So um, I'm curious to see what that means for them next. Yeah, absolutely. All right, moving on to the future of Broadway. On Monday night at the Minskoff Theater, the 2022 Jimmy Awards announced their winners and their two winners, one boy, one girl. The The girl was Kendall Becerra, who played Nina in In the Heights at Coronado High School and was representing the Broadway San Diego Awards. Uh, the boy winner was Nicholas Barron, who played Dominique in uh, The Baker's Wife at Northeast School of the Arts, and he was representing uh Las Casas Foundation's uh Jokey Awards or Josie Awards. I'm not sure which one that is. Um, both winners received $25,000 in scholarship money. I congratulate Nicholas and Kendall. I am sure we will be talking about their eventual Broadway debuts and Tony wins uh in the next what four or five years at the rate that these Jimmy winners get to Broadway these days. I do want to say that someone from my neck of the woods made it to the Jimmy Awards, and that is incredibly uncommon, um, especially given the fact that this is a public school. Um, Eli Talley was actually selected from Ringgold High School to represent the state of mm-hmm. Georgia. Ringgold. Uh, yeah, and I, I I grew up doing some community theater in Ringgold, and um, just knowing that there was a representative, he, he did a Frank Abagnale Jr. performance of um, Catch Me If You Can, and um, I'm just so thrilled to have had some representation presentation at the Jimmy Awards. And uh, he actually also won a Schiller Hensley Award, uh, I think, yeah, last that's how they year. Get there. I know. Yeah, that's how they get there. So uh, congratulations to him. Yeah. All right, let's talk about your favorite subject of this week and every week. Last week's Broadway grosses. Despite losing a pair of shows to closing from the previous week, Broadway saw a 4% increase in grosses over the previous frame, rising to $30,789,627 for the week running June 20th through the 26th. However, the total attendance actually declined by roughly 2,700 people, meaning that to account for the smaller audience and the rise in receipts, ticket prices had to go up 6% across the boards. Now, you might be thinking, oh my God, they're raising prices. How horrible. Really, this is primarily all because Hugh Jackman returned to The Music Man. The previous week, the average ticket price for that show was just over $206, which is still really expensive. But in the week that Hugh returned, it shot up 
to nearly uh, $270, meaning that it, it, it rose $64 on average across, across, an, uh, across an entire week, lifting the boats of everybody on Broadway for that average. But with you back in River City, the show was once again on top of the grosses chart, bringing in 3234018 buckaroos, up over $1.45 million from the previous frame. Hamilton was pushed down to second place at $2.27 million, followed by The Lion King at $2.12 Wicked at 1.97, and MJ coming in fifth at 1.68. The rest of the shows in the Seven Figures Club include, in descending order, Plaza Suite, Cursed Child, Aladdin, Beetlejuice, Moulin Rouge, Six, who did it in just seven performances, Funny Girl, and The Book of Mormon. A Strange Loop, actually, was uh, just underneath that that grouping, but it had its second straight best week ever, bringing in $860,496, which also just so happened to be the new record for the Lyceum Theater during a traditional eight-show week. Obviously, there are times when equity rules allow shows to do nine shows in a week, and that has been higher than that, but for a normal eight-show week, that's the most any show at the Lyceum has ever had, so congratulations to them. By the way, that is huge for the fact that Nick Kroll and John Mulaney's Oh Hello was mm-hmm. there. Guys like yeah. that? That, that is really unprecedented. Like, I'm saying that you've had comedy stars that were packing it in for, like, what, 14 weeks or something? Like, that's yeah. really massive. And they just performed on Jimmy Fallon last night. So I'm I'm really excited to have this. Because I was, I was very curious after the Tonys if they were um, going to have the spike that they deserved. Um, and so now I'm seeing, uh, as you're reporting, that those numbers are reflective. And just to note, the, the Lyceum only seats 922 people. So it's a fairly small house for a musical. And to be turning in numbers like this is uh, is very encouraging for them. Uh, all right, real quick, wrapping up. Unfortunately, the shows at the other end of the grosses ladder continued to decline as the six lowest grossing shows all saw week to week dips. The Minutes is the lowest show on this week's list, followed by Paradise Square, American Buffalo, POTUS, Chicago, and Come From Away. Dear Evan Hansen was actually next, but it did see a $35,000 increase over the previous week. Now, Grace, we already know that the Minutes, American Buffalo, uh, and POTUS all are limited runs, so they all have mm-hmm. uh, closing dates. Come From Away and and Dear Evan Hansen are longer-running shows that have announced closing in the next coming months. But do you think that we are going to hear anything about Paradise Square soon? Um, Or do you think they're going to kind of ride out this summer? They're doing, I mean, just did about $360,000 last week. And even that's an increase from where it was pre-Tonys. And then what about Chicago? Obviously, that thing has long recouped and played its, like, 15,000th performance this month. But at only $545,000 during like the height of summer tourist season, is this one where you think it could be on its last leg? We've heard rumors about Chicago closing now for <laughs> years. Um, and every My time adult they, life, yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, just, but every time, like, yeah. They just ahead. announced uh, Jennifer Holiday was stepping in as Mama Morton, mm-hmm. um, which is Again, really yeah. cool. Yeah, she's back. Uh, but I I don't know, because it always depends on how long producers are willing to shell it out. And, you know, famously, someone specifically mentioned in a show that you just referenced um, has famously not shelled it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that um, it, it definitely depends because... I never, yeah, I never want, um, I never want people to be out of a job, but I also like get nervous of they could just wake up one day and then they're like, Hey, you're out, you're out of the theater. I mean, it's, it's remarkable. I've, I've seen and experienced like closing, uh, the people that are in the show are often the last to know. So, um, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm hopeful that these people will continue on, but the numbers reflect something otherwise, but I don't have any insight. So, yeah. And one of the things that we've talked about before the, um, 
the Schuberts have apparently been exercising stop clauses on a number of theaters, and that's probably true. I don't, I'm not reporting this, but I'm guessing that that probably happened with both Dear Evan Hansen and Come From Awake. I don't think that those productions actually wanted to close. Um, those are in Schubert houses, and Chicago at the Ambassador, also a Schubert house, actually bigger than the houses at both Come From Away and Dear Evan Hansen. Like, they very well could have a different arrangement because it's been on Broadway for like a gazillion years since 1997. So maybe the stop clause is a little different for them. But I, I would not be surprised if at some point the Schuberts flex a muscle on Chicago if they aren't getting their money's worth and said, OK, it's time to pack it up. It's time to move on. We've got something else we want to bring in here uh, and, and probably Aaron potentially made the decision for the Weislers. Right. We will see. Yeah. Uh, all right, real quick, let's uh, run through some uh, real quick other news. Earlier this week, the union that represents Broadway's custodians, elevator operators, and restroom attendants came to an agreement on a new contract with a handful of theater owners, including the Schuberts, as well as uh, Jew Jamson, the Nederlanders, and Circle in the Square, to get a, a pay increase as well as increased pension contributions from their employers. And they will also continue to get paid family health care, which is 100% covered by their employers. Employers. They had not had a renegotiated contract since before the pandemic and the pandemic just kind of because of everything that was going on. They just turned over the previous agreement for multiple years, meaning that these people have not had a pay raise since 2019. Um, and uh, that's uh, kind of crazy considering all of the extra work and safety precautions that these folks have had to take care of as Broadway has returned. So very happy for them to uh, get those extra benefits. If you want to read more about it, I'll have a link in the show notes. Then coming up over the holiday weekend, NBC will have two specials that will feature a ton of Broadway folks. The first one will happen on Sunday, July 3rd at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on NBC, and it is called Ukraine Answering the Call. This is a special that will be in response to President uh, Volodymyr Zelensky of Ukraine's challenge for Americans to keep their voices up uh, as kind of demanding peace uh, during the war between Russia and Ukraine. Um, Broadway luminaries, including Rachel Bay Jones, Liz Calloway, Lilla Crawford, Jose Lana, Beth Malone, Andrew McArdle, Bonnie Milligan, Orfe, Krista Rodriguez, uh, Natasha Yvette Williams, and more will be joining Seth Rudetsky and James Wesley for the special rendition of What the World Needs Now is Love, the song that they kind of first put together for um, the aftermath of the Pulse nightclub shooting down here in Orlando. That was with Broadway Records. It was a really beautiful yeah. thing. Um, I remember learning a lot about it when I first joined them. And, you know, they're so charitable. And Seth is so good at bringing people together, especially for charitable mm -hmm. causes. So this is really beautiful to me. Yeah, absolutely. And then on Monday night for Macy's uh, 4th of July fireworks celebration, also on NBC, this will start at uh, 8 p.m. and we'll also stream on Peacock with an encore coming up at 10 p.m. Uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda, James Monroe, Iglehart, and a number of other folks from Freestyle Love Supreme will be there for a special performance. Broadway's Moulin Rouge cast members will take to the stage. Uh, Jakina Kala Congo will be on hand to sing um, a medley of My Country, Tis of Thee, and America the Beautiful. So that'll be fun. If you aren't going to go out and deal with traffic to watch fireworks in person, this would be a uh, really good way to get your big booms on uh, on a screen inside your house that hopefully doesn't scare any of your dogs. All right. And finally, in feel-good recommendations, Grace, this is a feel-good recommendation specifically for you. I haven't told you what this is going to be. Oh. 
But you probably already heard it, but I want your response anyway. <laughs> but it was reported by Deadline on Monday that Jim Henson's Creature Shop <laughs> will be providing the animatronics and visual effects uh, and puppets for the Royal Shakespeare Company stage adaptation of the iconic anime film <laughs> My Neighbor uh, Totoro. So um, this will be coming up in this in, in this upcoming season. But I cannot think of a better group than Jim Henson's Creature Shop to work on a show like this. Have you ever seen a grown woman cry? Because that's what happened to me, even as you were reading this. Um, you know, the fact that they, because I've talked about it on the short show before, so I apologize, uh, but the fact that they're working not only with, they have the blessing of Hayao Miyazaki himself. They have the blessing of the Ghibli um, estate slash original composers. Now you've also got Jim Henson's team who everything they've ever created. I mean, uh, look at Labyrinth, look at every, every, um, especially theatrical endeavor connected to something that's so rooted in, in visual imagery. Like, you know, we talked about Spirited Away as a, as a Ghibli film that is, uh, currently, uh, again, are we, are we going to get to see this on Hulu? Is it just Japan Hulu on July 4th? Remember it was supposed to come out July 3rd, but we've talked about it anyways. Um, all of that to say, like, Toby Ollie's, um, uh, puppetry was amazing for that. I can't wait to see what the Jim Henson team does. Thank you for saving this for me. I had totally forgotten about it. And they actually just released a trailer, if you want to include that as well. Um, Royal Shakespeare oh, cool. Company. Yeah, they they just released like a little like teaser. They, they're not showing anything, but they're telling us it's coming. October. Yeah, the show... Yeah, the show will be beginning performances on October 8th and will run through January 21st of next year. So uh, tickets have been selling well, apparently, so it should be fun. And, you know, I know that puppeteers are close to your heart, but I will say London and the West End has really been doing a really good job with puppets lately between this and Life of Pi. Yes. Um, uh, our friends are over re- there right now talking about are. how yeah, it's... Ashley it's, and Rebecca. Yeah, yeah, that's why I saw it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like we're both watching the same Instagram stories being like, when are we going to London? Exactly. Um, yeah, so exactly. I, I think that you're right. You're so right. And I just want it to all come over here because I think that we have a deep respect, especially after Warhorse, um, for mm-hmm. that pup- puppetry on stage. And you know that I do. And also don't think that you knew that that's actually the first thing I ever did in performing besides like dancing. No. The first camp I ever took in the performing arts was a puppetry camp. And it's it, the teacher that I met there is what launched me into every other theatrical endeavor I've ever had. And the first sketch that I ever did was we were able to make up a, a like a performance to a song. And I picked Weird Al's Star Wars cover of American Pie. And yeah, so now you know why I am this this way. Yeah, that's uh, that all tracks. <laughs> All right, everybody, that's all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Video. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at PWW. Matt Grace, where can people find you? You can find me on all social media platforms at It's Grace Aki. I have my solo show coming up July 27th and 29th. I, it's going to be in person um, in the Lower East Side of New York at the Connolly Theater through the SheNYC Festival. I think there might be another option for people that aren't physically here, but um, I can't really announce that yet. But the point is, is I would love to see your face behind a mask with a vaccine card um, coming to support some live theater. I haven't done the show in a long time in New York, and this is very, very special and important to me. Matt will be there, so if you want to poke him in the back. Don't don't poke me. Push him the way I'll, Rudy Giuliani was pushed was say, two days if ago. You, if, you, <laughs> if you push me, if you tap me on the back, I will react just like Rudy did and demand <laughs> your execution by firing squad. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, everybody. Have a wonderful hump day, and we'll be back to talk to you tomorrow. 